This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples, UFC and Boxing Talk. How you doing? Hope you're well. Thank you so much for downloading today's UFC show. Coming up, we review Derek Lewis versus Mark Hunt in our own unique way. Uh, the, the ending of it, it's not a knockout. Come on, let's be honest. He's exhausted. Exhaustion. He's absolutely fucked, isn't he? Yeah. Let's just call it a day, shall we? Do you know when you watch uh, some of these YouTube videos with gypsies whacking the hell out of each other and they just call it off because someone's knackered and blowing out their ass? That is basically what this fight was, wasn't it? We look ahead towards UFC Singapore. There's something. If you're a fan in Singapore and you're going to this at the weekend, if you listen to this podcast, you're kind of getting like a, a, an early look at what Bellator might look at next year. <laughs> yeah. that's, what you're, that's what you're basically getting, aren't you? You're getting all these legends from who, who used to former hold the belts. champions. Yeah, all these former champions, but they're still on the, the UFC moniker. They're coming to your uh, city this weekend to come and do their thing. I think that's fantastic. But <laughs> next year, they'll probably be in Bellator. And we've invented a new game of bullshit bingo with Dana White. He's not fighting Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather isn't going to fight him, man. It's, it's just, it's never going to happen. Listen. House! House! <laughs> House, I've won! Bullshit! You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome to episode 110 of the Fight Disciples podcast. This one dedicated to the world of UFC. If you've only just stumbled across us, you can subscribe to us. Uh, via our website, fightdisciples.com. You can also get us on all social medias, at Fight Disciples, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. There's going to be a picture up there of Nick in his togs today. Let me tell you, he is dressed up for today's show. No, it's not because of me. He doesn't want to impress me. He's not trying to flirt with me. He's not put his dupe on or his pack or a ban after shave just for me. No, he's been on the television this morning with his new boyfriend who was on last week's show, Darren Till from the UFC. He took him on LFC TV this morning, didn't you, son? Proper Reds, you see. Talking about the fixture list this morning. Proper bring Reds. On, bring on Watford. First game of the season. Go ahead. Bring on... Is he... Uh, I thought you were an Everton fan, Darren. Is he a No, Liverpool no, he's fan? a Liverpool fan, yeah. Is he? Liverpool fan. Full on. Uh, thank yep. you so much for all your feedback on uh, the Darren Till show last week. The guy is off his head. He is a uh, highly amusing chap. If you've not uh, listened to that show, last Thursday, Darren Till co-presented uh, the show. He spoke Portuguese, all sorts of stuff. Um, on the show last week, of which you can get via our website, fightdisciples.com. You can tell that it's not just a normal podcast there, because normally you just rock up in here with that baseball cap that you've picked. Beads on, baseball cap, yeah. tracky bottoms. You've gone for it today. You you've got, got, you've me, e- got me good clobber on today. It's not. He's not even just put a shirt on. He's even ironed it. Yeah, exactly. Really yeah. good tackle, that, son. That's it. Looking the part. There you go. It's a, I look the part. Darren turned up. Get on this. Darren Till, UFC fighter. Mm. Signed, well, well documented that they're all attached to Reebok. Yeah, well documented. They've all got away Reebok when they're doing, you know, any kind of marketing publicity, whatever. Yeah. Rocks up at LFC TV in a Nike tracksuit. Nice staple, you yeah. know. So, not only that, he's on LFC TV. Obviously, the club's got a direct association with New Balance, <laughs> so they're like, you can't wear that. I'm saying to him, from a UFC perspective, you can't wear that. So uh, in the end, anyway, they rustled up an old 1988 Ian Rush shirt for him, which nice. he ended up wearing. Listen, he's not as daft as he looks. I reckon he's done that on purpose. He probably got it. He's probably still got it on the gym yeah, now. 100%, yeah, 100 mate. He's he's thinking to himself, free how, shirt, how yeah. can I get a free bit of tackle here? <laughs> this is what I'm going to do. And he's turned up and he's walked to wear with a free free yeah, rushy shirt. Very cunning. When's that on the telly? Uh, it was live this morning. Yeah, uh, fixtures morning, obviously Wednesday morning, and it's on. I think they're going to report it. They're going to you know replay it throughout. The next couple of days on LFC TV. So if you're a Liverpool fan and you subscribe to LFT TV, 
check it out. So as you're listening to this on a Thursday, he was on the television yesterday. Yes. You can get it on uh, your subscription. But this is a worldwide show. There's not everybody's going to be a Liverpool fan, mate. There'll be other fans of uh, of different football clubs, but you can still get it. I'll get you an illegal feed. I'll stick it on there. I'll stick a stream on there. I'll stick yeah. a stream on somewhere so you can have a watch of these two yeah. uh, cracking on about Darren, of UFC. course, was telling us about, he was telling the, you know, the viewers about his victory in Stockholm, but then also, again, like he did on our show last week, reiterated the fact that he's pushing to get on UFC Rotterdam in a couple of weeks' time. Mm. So, fingers crossed. Definitely go and listen to that episode. He is a scream, is the boy. Now, we've got lots to talk about. We've got UFC Auckland to talk about. We've got UFC Singapore to talk about and some other little bits and bats uh, that have been going on in the world of UFC. However... We have to. We have to go to Mayweather McGregor first. That's where we'll start, all right? We'll start big, and then hopefully it's, it'll just snowball and get even bigger because there's been more noises coming out of uh, the Mayweather camp, more noises coming out of the McGregor camp via uh, Instagram. Love his Instagram at the moment, Connor. He is on it, referring to Floyd Jr. as Floyd Senior. Senior. Yeah, yeah. I wish I, <laughs> I wish I can train when I get to your age. <laughs> He's on it. He's starting to stir the pot, Class. man. He's starting to stir the pot. Um, one thing that I can say, right, this is not going to happen in August. There was, no. there was noises... Well, they, Mayweather's come out, hasn't he, overnight and confirmed it's not going to be August. August They've retracted that date now. Right, well, they originally had booked the MGM Grand. Um, uh, Mayweather promotions already had it for August 26th. I, I knew as soon as I saw that that it was too early for them to yep. do that. Nothing to do with camp or training or anything like that. The, these two lads are obviously supreme athletes and they'll be in decent nick anyway. I'm talking about a worldwide campaign to promote this fight, mate. Exactly. It's too short notice. I think they're going to have to go out there for a month to six weeks, fly into all these destinations all over the world. And we're not just talking your typical Ireland, England, America. This is going global, mate. Expect them in Russia, Australia. Expect them every single place on the planet because they are thinking, Cheddar Ching, let's yep. get this in front of as many people as possible. Exactly, you know, they've seen it in the UFC when Jose Aldo and, and McGregor fought and they did a, a basically a global tour to promote that fight. So, listen, Mayweather's only coming back for one reason, that's to line his pockets. He wants to earn more money than he earned for the Pacquiao fight. The only way they do that is by doing a worldwide press tour and these guys are going to have to hit the road because they mm. want to wanna break numbers, don't they? They want to be the biggest selling pay-per-view in the history of sports and the mm. only way they're going to do that is by hitting the tarmac. They ain't going to do it by banging a show on straight away and in August, it's just too short a turnaround for the marketing that needs mm. to happen. I've got a feeling that the reason why they were looking at August 26th was to top Trump Triple G Canelo. Yeah. Because we know, we know that Floyd loves pissing off Oscar De La Hoya. We yeah. absolutely know that. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if the reason why they got that is to just try and throw a little bit of apple cock. Can you imagine if that went two weeks before Canelo Triple G and what that would do to obviously uh, the the press and the build-up for that particular fight. It's Completely. basically just like, we've top Trump you. Ta-da! Yeah, exactly. You know what? This is, the, the crazy thing is, this isn't even competing with Canelo versus no, Triple not. G, though, in, in, in the real world. It's not competing because Canelo Triple G is to find out who is most likely the best pound-for-pound fighter on the planet in a lot of people's eyes. In the world of boxing. In boxing. Where this freak show fight, which is what it is, you're talking about the biggest pay-per-view selling star in the history of boxing against the biggest pay-per-view selling star in the history of the UFC coming together to do something which is completely and utterly outrageously brilliant. Um, it's an event. Exactly. Don't it's, think it's of it a as show. a fight. Don't think of it as a fight. Think exactly. of it as an event. Think of, think of the build-up. And, you know, that, that was the other thing about pushing it through for August 26th and being too short notice. The, the fight itself, the 10 or 12 rounds or whatever it gets scheduled for, that for me, that's like the, the that's like the dessert. You know, yeah. we'll get there and it'll be good when we get there and we'll enjoy it and there'll be a little cherry on top. 
But the build-up, we, we want the other five courses before it. And the five courses before it are the global tour, the Instagram backwards and forwards, the social media interactions, mm. the digs, the build-up, the, the, the UFC fighters coming out in unison, talking up Conor McGregor, and the boxing fraternity coming out saying it's a complete mismatch and it's, it's a sham on, on Mayweather's record. And nobody in the middle really caring which one's right. We're all just bought into it. This fight needs selling. And these are the two best salesmen of this generation to do it. So it needs months. It needs time. We need to be able to absorb it, enjoy it. The press. I'm kind of looking forward more to the press conferences yeah, than the fight. 100%. Without a doubt. Are you thinking September? Or can you actually see this even rolling out until the start of 2018? Um, the start of 2018 for me sounds more interesting. But I don't know whether the UFC will be wanting their marquee star out of action for that long. For the full year. Yeah. Putting that uh, division on on lockdown. Listen, uh, you know, we've spoke about this previously and I I thoroughly believe that for the UFC to allow this to happen for Conor, and that's what they've done. They've facilitated this. They're going to get paid. Don't get me wrong. They've got a fair slice of the pie, I'm sure. But for Conor to be put in this position and for them to basically roll out the red carpet for him to do it um, means that I think there's got to be some kind of financial understanding or long-term commitment that, yes, you're going to fight Mayweather, yes, you're going to earn $75 million, yes, you could be set for life, but... You've got to fight at least you've three You've got to fight at least like three that. or five more times in the UFC where you're contractually obliged to do that. They've got to protect their own assets. They're not stupid, these people. And he is their asset. And the, he's the biggest asset yeah, yeah. they've ever had. Mm. Um, so you can see this rolling. Maybe to 2018, yeah, but more but likely to be September, November, October. December. Either. All right, you reckon a little bit yeah, later? Yeah, back end of the year, I'm thinking, yeah, end of the year. Little Christmas uh, treat there. New Year's Eve, perfect. Imagine New Year's Eve. Imagine oh, how huge it would be. Geez, the build-up we could have running up to that. Oh, jeez. Anyway, there'll be more on this on our social media as we uh, get more news. But as we record this show, that's where we're at this moment in time. We know full well it ain't going to be August. Uh, September at the very, very earliest. October maybe, but I'll tell you something, back in the year for a little bit of a Christmas, New Year's spare, uh, present, that'd be, that'd be beautiful, wouldn't it? Uh, we'll get you more information on our social media when we've got it at Fight Disciples on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We've got a little bit of something uh, as well coming up uh, regarding uh, Bullshit Bingo with uh, Dana White. It's all, <laughs> it's all coming later, all right? So make sure you uh, you stick with the show. Let's get to UFC Auckland, shall we? Um, because that at the weekend between Mark Hunt uh, and the Black Beast, Mr Lewis, was like two blokes scrapping in a KFC, mate. I'm, t- really I'm, I'm telling you something. At, so, at points, I had to look away from the screen because... I felt the pain. I, felt, I genuinely felt it. One, as if it's gone four rounds. As, yeah. as if. When there was a night full of quite quick finishes. In, yeah, yeah, especially it, on, on the main card. On that card. Yeah. As if this fight went four rounds. Uh, the, the ending of it, it's not a knockout. Come on, let's be honest. He's exhausted. Exhaustion. He's absolutely fucked. He's yeah, like, yeah. let's just call it a day, shall we? Do you know when you watch uh, some of these YouTube videos with gypsies whacking the hell out of each other yeah. and they just call it off because someone's knackered and blowing out their ass? <laughs> that is basically what this fight was, wasn't yeah, it? That's exactly what it was, yeah, unfortunately. Uh, these guys have only got, you know, two rounds in them at best. And the fact that it got to the fourth round, I think both of them were just like, come on, please. Someone go over. Yeah. Call think, it a day. I think it was purely the fact that Mark Hunt was in Auckland that he was like, I can't stop. I, I can't <laughs> not keep fighting. You know, there's so much pressure on me. Back in New Zealand fighting for the first time. Well, first time in his MMA career. Yeah. First time in like 15 years or something. I think he fought there in, in, in kickboxing or Mai Tai. So for them to come back and, and he, there was there was no way he was going to be the one that quit. 
Whereas, you know, at Derek Lewis, there was at times in the third round where he was putting his hands on his hips and <laughs> leaning up against the fence. And, <laughs> and you just thought, oh, God, this is not, not the greatest advertisement for uh, for the UFC's heavyweight division, to be honest with you. But when they landed, man. These two guys are knockout merchants, yeah, you know, yeah. and they both proved they've got massive, they've got brilliant chins as well, unfortunately. <laughs> so, uh, Were you surprised at the Black Beast at the end of, uh, in his post-fight um, Octagon interview, said, that's it, I'm calling it a day, man. I'm getting married. Did he say he's getting married in a couple of weeks or something yeah. like that? That. Uh, to be honest, I, put his family through it. I was a bit devastated because you know he's a character and he's a big personality and he's an, obviously a knockout merchant and he's been on this incredible run in the heavyweight division. Had he won that fight, people would be talking about potential title shot and everything else. So it, it did come as a surprise. It's also it's kind of a theme, isn't it? At the moment, people are losing big fights in the UFC and main events and then and going, yeah, okay, that's him retiring now. You know, there's it's got to be about the fifth one in the last six months. It's kind yeah, of yeah, strange yeah. that. Guys are getting to this level, and they seem to be getting to this level and going losing a big fight like that, and then going, "Ah, oh, you know what? I don't know whether it's because it's financially or whatever." They're kind of going, "This is not worth it. I ain't gonna get there. I ain't gonna get the money. I may mm. as well go and just do something else with my life, kind of thing." Or there's other opportunities open to me now, so I'm gonna go and pursue this instead. It's a weird, weird again. This transitional phase that the UFC is in at the moment. This is just yet another part of it mm. that you're like, you know, what what is so appealing for these guys to suddenly think, you know, what I'm gonna do better outside of the octagon because it is a real trend at the moment. Very unusual. What do you reckon next for uh, Mark Hunt? Obviously, he's got his legal battles with the UFC at this moment in time. I mean, you'd think that his contract were running out. You, yeah. If you're having a scrap with your lawyer over uh, legalities and taking him to court and all this type of stuff, a lot of work might not necessarily be coming your way, but they keep sticking him in there. No, no, exactly, yeah, because he's a ticket seller, you see, and it you know, made sense for him to headline in, in, in New Zealand. Whether we see him headline in Las Vegas anytime soon, I don't know. Whether it's a case of now, let's be honest, the Black Beast was on a bit of a tear, so I think the UFC went, yeah, yeah, you, you know, you wanna, you wanna cause trouble with us? I'll tell you what, we'll put you back on headline in New Zealand because you know, chat a ching, but you're fighting the Black Beast. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was a bit like hoping that he gets sparked. Hoping he gets sparked, yeah, at the Spark Arena, yeah, ironically yeah. in New yeah, Zealand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, so don't be surprised if his next matchup is with Naganu. Because Naganu's a knockout merchant as well, and I think he may, you know, Mark may have. They're but- just lining up butter his bread. Wrong. Yeah, <laughs> he's buttered his bread on the wrong side now, and the UFC going, "Oh, you've won again, Mark. Great, mate. Well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah." Naganu, it's mm. like, what killer can we give him next? You know, who can we, who can spark out Mark Hunt? There you go. Keep an eye on that. And what next for Ross Pearson, man? Another oh. defeat, but what a defeat? What a knockout? Yeah, it was, and it was. You know what? It was a great fight. I thought Ross looked really good in the first round. He was certainly for the first half of the first round. Yeah, he yeah. started really brightly. Uh, I think Brian Stan picked up on the commentary where he was dip, dipping in for a single leg takedown and stuff. Stuff we've never seen Ross do before. Usually, let's face it, he's just a boxer, Ross. Um, so, but he was trying to go for a takedown and things like that. And I thought, okay, I like this Ross Pierce, and he's got a different kind of dynamic about him. He was switching. He was leading with the right hand quite successfully. But then once Hooker kind of got himself into the fight towards the second half of the first round, mm. I thought oh, the momentum seems to have swung here. He was timing Ross a little bit better. He was using his reach advantage. Um, and then obviously the knee, the, the, the knee finish, he just caught Ross perfectly. But if you, if you watch the fight, because I knew the result, I didn't watch it live, so I watched it the next day, and I knew the result before I'd seen it. So as I was watching the first round, and I could see Ross was doing that Tyson duck that he does where he moves in with his punches, but he was, and then he was ducking in for the odd takedown or single leg attempt, I was thinking, well, 
I can see how you're going to get needy because you're dropping your head right down. You know, you you you're, you're diving in towards his hips, it, yeah. exactly. And it was all just about Hooker timing it right. But what I was surprised is that that was the only knee that Hooker threw. It wasn't like he'd seen it earlier on and was just waiting to catch him. It was that perfectly timed moment. Hooker must have just been waiting for it. And as soon as he was gone, it was like bang. That knee was just like electric. And but he, but he was out, wasn't he? Mm. How many has he got left in him, man? Because that, this is a slide. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you know if I if I was the Ross Pearson right now, the last thing I would do was answer the phone to anybody from the UFC. Uh, if you see that UFC you know name flash up on on your mobile phone, you just t- you put it straight to, through to voicemail and then delete it because <laughs> it it can't be good right now. You know he's had one win in his last. Six, yeah, four losses on the st- four straight losses as well. But the last, you know, Masvidal, no, Will Brooks, former Bellator champion, no shame in that. He goes up to welterweight, fights Masvidal, as we know, Masvidal's just basically had an eliminator for the white welterweight belt, no shame there. But then losing to Stevie Ray in a battle of Britain to prove who's the best in Britain, he loses that one over in Belfast. Then he fights Dan Hooker, another ride and start out in New Zealand. Yet a guy that can be beaten has been beaten in the UFC, and he gets knocked out again, you know, in that fight. It doesn't look good for Ross at the moment, and it's such a shame because he's such a nice lad. But you never know with the UFC. You know, Dan Hardy was on a bit of a skid, and he never got cut, and Ross has been good to the company. Mm. But the problem is, who do you match him with now? Where do you take him now? Mm. You know, because if he loses again, you know, for his own, he's got to start asking himself as well. He's changed his camp there. He's got his own gym. He's got a new coach, everything. The setup looked different. He looked different. Yet you get knocked out cold. You know, at this stage in your life, do you really need it? You know, he's got a young family, young baby. Thirty odd now, but he's in the, been in the UFC for a very long time. I don't mm. know. I don't know where we are with Ross, unfortunately. On last week's show, we uh, with Dan and we were talking about the uh, UFC cards that we've been disappointed with the ones at the start of the year, the big pay per view events. Yeah. But it's the, been the fight night cards that have been the ones that have been catching our attention, that have been the ones setting the world on fire. And this at the weekend, last week on last week's show, we said doesn't look amazing. Yeah, but. Blooming heck, there were, a, there were a ton of finishes, weren't there? And it lived up to our expectations once again. If you like your finishes, this is the card for you because they were going over in the first round straight away. Exactly. It was like one fight in the, in the on the main card, six fights on the main card. Only one of them went to a went to a decision and that was quite one-sided for that Volkanovski. The rest of them all finishes. My predictions weren't great, I'll be honest with you. But, uh, Mate, nobody sees uh, Derek Lewis and uh, Mark Hunt going four rounds. rounds. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But uh, I've got Brunson right. And I, I'm finally, Brett Derek Brunson turned up after not turning up for his last few fights. Finally turns up against the old man Dan Kelly mm. and uh, and blasts him out. You of love Dan Kelly, don't you? You love him because he looks like a geography teacher. He does. <laughs> He does. He looks like kick the knee. Strap the knee. Kick the knee. I still don't get it. No one kicks that knee. He's got heavily strapped up. I just don't get it. Obviously, Derek Brunson didn't have to. He just chinned him instead. Mm. But uh, Dan Kelly, man, it's it, it's weird. It, it still just looks like someone's dad standing in for them to me. Bit Will Ferrell in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly it just like doesn't that. doesn't look like a UFC fighter at all. But you know, he's coming off the biggest win of his career. He deserved a fight like this. Brunson deserved an opportunity to put those defeats behind him against Bobby Knuckles and Anderson Silva. And he did though it did do in fine style for Brunson looked great. Hooker obviously with the win over Pearson looked fantastic. Uh Ben Nigen, Nugent, I did, this was baffling me. And this this always gets Ben Chili Bear to use the producer from the USC yeah. laughing at us because our pronunciation's always way off it. I was watching the fight and, and, and watching it on Sunday and and Brian Stan and John are commentating and they just call him Nian. Ben Nian. Benyon. Benyon. So it's like Ben Nian. It was his surname. Obviously, on last week's show, we were pronouncing it as Nigen or Nigen or whatever it was. Anyway, Benyon. He's got a fucking G in yeah. the name, man. 
I know, but you know what I like? Say the G. None of this silent. Listen, it's like when Dan and Till's in talking all this Portuguese. You're pronouncing yeah. that wrong. You're pronouncing this wrong. All these Brazilians uh, yeah. pronounce this no way. Ours. No, Don't pronounce it ours. No, That's the mate, Brazilian way. It's got way. a bloody R in it. It's got a G in his name. Exactly. We're going to we're going to call him exactly. bloody Nugent. Right? It's Benzo Gracie, <laughs> Rory and Gracie. <laughs> But his win over over Tim Elliott, to do that against the guy who's ranked in the top 10 and you're ranked just outside the top 10, to get in there, pounce all... You know, Elliott's just won tough and fought DJ, don't forget, for the title. Yeah, he did. For a young lad like that to get in there, pounce on him, choke him out inside the minute, when Elliott's the guy who's supposed to be the strongest on the ground game, but also have better jiu-jitsu. Massive moments for young uh, Ben Nijin. Well done, N- well done, Nugent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what we'll do from now on. You call them one thing, I'll call them another. And between us, we might get there. Exactly. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Let's turn our attention towards Singapore. Three former UFC champs, one pride champ, um, one former strike force champ, one former UFC title challenger. However, are you ready for this? Yeah. Are you ready for this? I've seen this stuff. Are you ready? Um, combined from their last 15 fights, zero wins, 14 <laughs> losses and a draw. It's going to be an absolute cracker this weekend in Singapore. I see you know stats. I think, uh, I'm to think who it was, the MMA journalist who put that out. And he's put, put out, you know, oh yeah, it's not a very great card. And UFC Fight Pass, I think it was, had come out and gone, we've got three former champions, a former Strike Force champion. And Mike Bonnet was. That's Mike Bonnet, right? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a great writer, Mike. And Mike come back with that with that statistic. And I was like, oh, shots fired. Mike drop, Mike drop. <laughs> That's the thing, though. They will market this, obviously. They've gone to Singapore and they've gone, look at this. We've got three former UFC champs. We've got one former Pride champ. We've got the Strike Force champ, the former UFC title challenger. This is going to be an unbelievable card. Come on, buy your tickets, come on down. And then Mike Bond goes, <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> oh for 14. Yeah, but... All for 14 and a draw in there, in there. And I think uh, nobody's ever drawn in the in the women's game before, and that's the draw. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's when it's in there. All for 14 from your last 15 fights. That is cracking, isn't it? No, it isn't. It isn't great. But listen, again, we, we talked about it ahead of New Zealand. We it's just recapped it then. Mate, come on. These fight night cards... Are the ones that stand out? Why, crazy things. If, they, if they've not called this night Last Chance Saloon, right? Exactly. <laughs> then they've totally missed the book because it is Last Chance Saloon. Yeah. Let's go to the main one, right? Holly Holm, uh, Bath Karaya. Sharaya. All right. Stop it. I, we are I, was, I, I was with Dan until this morning. I've got my pronunciation right down. Beth Karaya. If you Shireya. come, from, listen. If you come from where I come from, it's Karaya. Uh, Holly Holm, mm-hmm. Beth Karaya. Um, they've won one fight between them in the last seven. These two. Um, now, since Ollie Holm obviously did what she did to Ronda Rousey at UFC 193 back in November 2015, she has been on a slide, mate. Yeah. Serious slide. Yes, she's shot to fame. Everybody knows who she is because she's the kid that won with that head kick and became the UFC champion. However, mm-hmm. uh, she's lost her last three. She's back down now. Two of those are title fights, though. Two title fights. Yeah, and one was at a higher weight as well. And Duranda May. So yeah. she's, she's back down at bantamweight now after uh, Duranda May at featherweight. Um, she needs this, mate. She needs yeah. this big time. But so does Beth Karaya. Yeah, yeah. Shariah. Well, Shariah's won one in for the last four against Jessica Rai. She obviously had that draw against her now, which we were just talking about. And then, according, according to the actual form guide between these two, she's in form. She's, yeah. won, one. she's, <laughs> she's won one. She's won one in the last three years. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Mm. It's crazy. But uh, you know what? Again, that it kind of records mean nothing in the UFC. We spoke about this before. It's kind of. The old thing saying is records are for DJs, and you know, and and Matt Hughes famously once said, if you haven't got losses on your record, you're fighting the wrong type of people. You know, UFC is much more than just striking or just jujitsu or just grappling mm. or just wrestling. It's everything, you know. And uh, 
I think we can get hung up because we're traditionally boxing fans, certainly on this side of the Atlantic. We can get hung up on records a little bit too much and form guides and anything else. For me, this is a good matchup going in. You know, I, I get it. It's kind of like feels like a bit of a loser. Last man leaves town. I think if Holly Holm loses this fight, that's I, it. How does she continue? She can't you know? come back, man. Why? Why? Because they're talking about. Well, they're talking about Cyborg, right? Yeah, Cyborg would eat her. Yeah, of course she would. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we're talking about a girl here, don't forget, you know, prior to being UFC champion, which no one expected her to do against no. Ronda Rousey, she was the one that dethroned Ronda. Uh, prior to that, she was like a six-time world boxing champion. She's she was unreal. Ring Magazine Female Boxer of the Year on two occasions. The only woman to ever be on the front cover exactly. of Ring Magazine. Well, until Ronda. Until Ronda, until of course, Ronda, yeah. 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 So, they, um, she's, she's kind of had two lives anyway. She's had two complete careers mm. in fight sports, which most people could only ever dream of one career. So, I think from here now, if the preacher's daughter doesn't beat Beth, Beth Esherea at the weekend, I think that's uh, the writing's kind of on the wall a little bit. And, you know, she's not a young stud anymore anyway. And does she need it? She's Is she ever going to be UFC champion again? And does it mean that much now? Because she's already been... Whoever she beats, if she was to get back and was to win it again, would that be a greater achievement from being beating Ronda Rousey? No. Her legacy in mixed martial arts is that night she head kicked Ronda Rousey. That mm. will forever be Holly Holm, so move on. Mm, absolutely. Also on that card, if we're uh, talking about people that's on the skid at this moment in time, yeah. um, Mr. Arlovsky. Another one, yeah. Well, he's better than her. He's lost four on the spin. <laughs> uh, he's taking on uh, Martian Tibura. Go on, pronunciation. Are you all right with that, Tibura? That's fine. You cool with that? Let's roll with that, yeah. Okay, I'm going with that. I ain't going to top that. This is basically experience versus the new boy. Tibura's only been in uh, the UFC for a short period of time. He's got an extensive mixed martial arts career, but he's only been in the UFC for three fights. I think he's two and one at this moment in time. Olovsky's lost four on the spin. Can the old man regain some power? Um, it's uh, with the big boys because let's be honest, Olovsky's one of my favourites from the old days. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? He's that, that old school mentality. He used to put people to sleep. Now. He's struggling, mate, and it's it's quite. I hate this. I hate it when someone that you've followed for a period of time and that you've actually enjoyed their career for a period of time, and you see them at this stage now, where every time they seem to step in the octagon, they get they get knocked out. Yeah, you know. And I don't like seeing it. Yeah. This again is a last chance saloon fight for him. If he's not beating the new boy, he's got to go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think you know it's it's well documented. People always say the last thing to go is your punch. The last thing to go is your power. But unfortunately, certainly in the heavyweight division, one of the first things to go is your chin. You know, suddenly his chin just becomes weak. You become susceptible to being knocked out. And it happens to everyone. It happens to Vandalay, It happens to Chuck Liddell. It happens to everybody. It happens to all the greats, you know. And uh, unfortunately, Arlovsky, again, he looked like he, when he first come back into the UFC, he had that amazing run. He looked yeah. like he was going to get right back into, into title contention. You know, it looked like he was going to be a two-time champion at one point. No one was going to stop him. Uh, but then obviously he runs into Stipe Miocic, who again is now the champion, so no disgrace there, but then falls straight into a TKO loss to Alistair Overeem, then submitted by Josh Barnett. Again, absolutely no shame in that. And then gets knocked out by Naganu in his last fight. It's kind of like, you know, it's like a, a perfect storm of, of, of the worst things to come together, if you mm. like, in Arlovsky's trail. So he's obviously been handed this, uh, the tie border fight this weekend. He's been handed this to save his career, basically. But uh, but if he gets a chin by this guy on tight border, if you look at his record, like most heavyweights, he can bang. But he's also got a bit of a submission game about him as well. Mm. So he's dangerous at both areas. So Olovsky's got to get in there and put this guy away quick and swift. 
and try and hold on to what's left of his UFC career because you're right I think if he loses this this will be the first time in his entire career which goes back decades first time he'll have lost five on the spin he lost four on the spin at one stage during the strike force days but this will be the first time he's won five straight and you lose you lose five straight I'm sorry buddy you're, you're on a fast train to Bellator in my mind mm. Speaking of uh, guys that are in unprecedented waters at this moment in time Rafael Dos Anjos the man that I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with that should have fought Connor but never fought Connor because he's because uh, he hurt his toes. Yeah. Um, however, at lightweight, he's had 21 fights at lightweight and he has been absolutely sensational. Not at lightweight anymore because Eddie Alvarez put him to kip. So, yep. So therefore, he stepped up now. This is his debut at welterweight. And when I say he's in unprecedented waters, he has never been in this situation before, losing two on the spin. This, if he gets beat here, is three on the spin. Mm-hmm. And again, another last chance saloon because lightweight was done. Yeah, Connor stepped up and obviously took Eddie Alvarez's belt off him. He's currently the lightweight champion. There's a there's a murderer's row in the lightweight division that we've all been speaking about in Tony Ferguson, Khabib, all these guys. Yeah, Rafael dos Anjos, a man that dominated the division, is right down the list right now. Where'd yeah. you go there? Well, I can't really see him doing anything in that division. Let's step up to welterweight to another murderer's row. Well done, son. Yeah. So he stepped up there to see if he can one carry his power and two make a dint. Uh, at a higher weight category. Last chance to for him this weekend. He's got it. He's got to perform. He's got to do it well for people to start talking about him in challenging the likes of Tyron um, for the hundred. Oh yeah, to even, to even get in the mix, he needs a massive performance. And you know, you're right. He, he lost to he lost the title to Alvarez, and then it was a great fight against Tony Ferguson. But he lost that fight, you know, unanimous decision against Tony Ferguson, which has prompted this move up to welterweight. Unfortunately, welterweight doesn't get any easier. You know, Tarek Safadin is a good mate of mine. I've known Tarek for a long time. I helped him get his uh, American visa a couple of years ago. I wrote a nice commendation to the, to the uh, what's it called, the, the the embassy or whatever, to help him stay in America. Get his green quest. card, wasn't yeah, it? Get his green card to stay at Team Quest. And Tarek Safadin is a one well-rounded motherfucker. The guy can fight everywhere. Mm. You know, people don't give Tarek Safadin anywhere near the respect he deserves. Now, I know, similar to Rafael de Sanyos, he comes into this fight off a couple of defeats. Uh, Rick Story and Dong Hyun Kim, who's also features on this card as well. But again, Tarek Safadine, uncharted waters. The guy's never lost three fights consecutive, same as Rafael de Sanyos. A lot of pressure on both these guys. But listen, if if de Sanyos thinks this is going to be an easy fight, he's got another thing coming. Because for me, Safadine's got a bit of everything. I think what de Sanyos has got to do is kind of break out of this mould of thinking he's an ace striker or whatever and just go back to his fundamentals and his fundamentals of his jiu-jitsu game and he needs to try and close the distance, get him down and tap out Tarek Safadin. Safadin, no, again, he's super well-rounded so he's got a good ground game himself. So it's a good fight. It's it's not a marquee fight. It's no longer two marquee guys. These are Both guys have been champions before. Both Mm. guys have had belts. Mm. These are guys that you could argue are both on the slide. They're fighting to stay in the UFC. But then that shouldn't detract from the fact that it's still a great fight because of that scenario, that narrative. Mm. Whoever loses could well get binned here, could well find themselves out of the organisation. And for that reason, I think this could be a belter of a fight. There's something. If you're a fan in Singapore and you're going to this at weekend, if you listen to this podcast, you're kind of getting like a, a, an early look at what Bellator might look at next year. <laughs> yeah. that's, what you're, that's what you're basically getting, aren't you? You're getting all these legends from who, who used to former hold the belts. champions. Yeah, all these former champions, but they're still on the the UFC moniker. They're coming to your uh, city this weekend to come and do their thing. I think that's fantastic. But next year they'll probably be in Bellator. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a, it's a be- early Bellator show. Mm. Well, what else is catching your eye? Because they're the three that I've picked out. I know that you just mentioned. Um, one of the hometown boys there uh, um, who, who's in action this weekend. Is there anything on the prelims that have really caught your eye that you're thinking to yourself, maybe? 
Well, you know... Because the main card's all about the guys on the slide. Well, the one I'm going to pick on the prelims is the same, Takanori Gomi, like the fireball kid. Anyone that's followed MMA for more than five minutes knows the guy's a fucking absolute legend. Uh, you know, his fight with, with Nick Diaz as well, documented when Pride first went over to America and stuff like that. But this guy was an absolute icon in Japan. He was one of the real, you know, trailblazers of mixed martial arts in that country, a superstar in his day. Uh, and unfortunately, looking at him now, it, it's... It's it's tough to watch again. It's a, it's another like you said with Arlovsky, one of the heroes when you first started watching the sport. I can already go. He's fucking just like a, a, a bit of a demigod, but he just can't catch a run of wins since he's been back in the UFC. You know, it's, he's comes into this fight on a three fight skid. Miles Jory, Joe Lau's on Jim Miller, all guys that are good guys, yeah, but yeah. none of those guys are banging on the door necessarily for the title shot. So not only is he outside of the top five, he's probably outside of the top twenty, which is crazy when you think of mm. what he's done. In in his career and what he's achieved similar to Arlovsky for me uh, he's been matched up with John Tuck this weekend John Tuck um, you know even on his best day he, he shouldn't be able to hold a torch to Takanori Gomi but Takanori Gomi is not the fighter he once was you know and we're going to find out this weekend I think if Takanori Gomi has got a future in the sport or if rather like a BJ Penn He's finished now. And the UFC, for me, have handed him the perfect opponent in John Tuck, who's a guy that's, you know, himself coming off two defeats, uh, hasn't looked great of late, um, is also getting a little bit long in the tooth now. So it's another one of these matchups similar to the main card. It's another great against a nice opponent that they should be able to handle. But if they don't, they're out the door. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Now, I was doing a radio show um, on TalkSport a couple of weeks ago. And for those that don't know what that is, it's a national radio station here in the UK. And I had a guest on from uh, MMA Junkie. John was on from MMA Junkie, top geezer. He was actually in Auckland at the time when I was talking to him. And we're having a little bit of a chat about various things in the world of mixed martial arts, one of which was Demetrius Johnson. One is uh, his, his letter from last week, his statement uh, towards everything that's been going on between him and the UFC and Dana White. And the, the thread of the topic of the conversation was about could Dana White and the UFC legitimately scrap the flyweight division? Now, John was arguing the fact that, listen, he, he argued the fact that Demetrius Johnson has got this fantastic record. Da, 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 da. However, the, that particular weight division doesn't necessarily make the UFC any money. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore, with the new owners, WME, IMG, it is all about the dollar. Can yeah. we cash in? Can we make that money? And I was thinking, you can't get rid of the flyweight division. It's irrelevant whether you're arguing with the geezer that's dominating the flyweight division. You just can't get rid of them. Where would all those other fighters go? They'd mm-hmm. have to pile on some weight or lose some weight to get into other weight categories. You just can't do that. And the argument back and forth was, yes, he can, because it's a money-led industry. Yeah. And my argument was, no, you couldn't. Because you've got a geezer in there that's obviously dominating the division. Can you actually do this just off the back of an argument about cash? What's your take on that? Do you reckon they could legitimately get rid of the flyweight division? Yeah, 100%. Uh, And the reason why is because they never used to have a flyweight division anyway. You know, prior to uh, seven, eight years ago when they first merged with um, WEC, they didn't even have a featherweight division. Um, or, or the bantamweight division, and it was only after that merger that they introduced those divisions, and then later on, they brought on a flyweight division. At the time, the flyweights used to live on a promotion called Tachi Palace, which mm. was based in America, which is a 
Indian Reservation Casino. It's a bit like, for those that don't know, K- Kateshi's Castle, which, yeah. You can- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which you can get on uh, Bravo, I think, uh, or Quest. It'll be on Quest, <laughs> won't it, here in the UK, uh, where a lot of mad Japanese dudes just like get whacked in the head with guns and all this type of stuff. A bit like that. <laughs> yeah, a bit like that, exactly. <laughs> so when they introduced that... Tachi Palace as a promotion pretty Stop much shut it down. Stop calling because all I keep thinking about now is Takeshi's <laughs> Castle. <laughs> and uh, so they, they brought them over. So the UFC was a, a, an entity making money prior to that happening. They obviously wanted to take the sport car blanche, so that's why they absorbed those lighter weight divisions. But now they could quite easily go, you know what, you ain't making any money. In fact, you're probably costing us money, so mm. see you later. And mm. that, you know, and no doubt another promotion, maybe it'd be Bellator, maybe it'd be something like Legacy or whatever else, would then go big on a flyweight division and go, oh, we've got the best flyweights in the world and they're right here. The point in the UFC, I think, whether Dana White obviously said it through Demetrius Johnson, but feasibly, yeah, I could see that happening. I could see the UFC just going, you know what? It's unnecessary. We don't need this weight division. It doesn't make us any money. See you later. And the top guys, Demetrius, Benavidez, Judo, Rayborg, whatever, if you guys want to move up to bantamweight, yeah, we'll entertain you for a couple of fights. But if you don't, go elsewhere. The reason why I doubt it, um, and I totally understand your argument and John's argument from last week when I was talking don't to Don't forget you. there's new weight divisions coming in, Adam. There's yeah. new weight yeah, divisions yeah, yeah. coming in that are being passed right now by the ACB. And But the reason why I doubt it, I can see your argument that it is a money-led industry and they probably will get rid of them because, let's be honest, DJ, even though he's on this streak at this moment in time and hopefully will become... Um, it'll become an 11 fight win streak um, and, and a bit of a record setter however um, it is about dollar and he doesn't sell a ticket so therefore I can understand your argument but for me right we've been here before with Dana mm-hmm. we've been here before with Dana White and his bullshit oh, yeah. bingo right? well, he, he likes to backtrack on stuff yeah, well yeah. let's have a little bit of a game of bullshit bingo <laughs> cue, the, cue the game show music shall we <laughs> He's currently discussing um, shutting down the flyweight division. The yep. word in from uh, TJ, uh, sorry, from uh, DJ is fight TJ or we'll shut down the division. He ain't going to do that to the guy that he said this about. Listen, he's got one more fight and he breaks Anderson Silva's record and he continues. Listen, he's already the pound for pound best fighter in the world and he, and he strives to be better each time and, and he gets better each time, literally destroying people. Yeah, th- this kid is... This kid could be considered the goat right now, and or you, or to give Anderson Silva the true respect, you wait till he actually breaks the record, and it's hard to not call this guy the greatest of all time. Mate, he called him the fucking greatest of all time. <laughs> he can't shut down the greatest of all times division. That's heat of the moment there, isn't it? Never mind heat of the moment. Well, all right then, if that's heat of the moment, there's more heat of the moment stuff. I'm not even going to get into this Bisping GSP stuff that he's currently going on about and promising Romero a title shot. Let's be straight. Romero's fighting Bobby Knuckles. Bobby Knuckles going to knock Romero out. And I'm telling you now, Bisping GSP is still going to happen because I know there's conversations going on behind closed doors and it'll happen at some point once everybody's fit. All right? So once I've got a clip of that, then we'll bullshit bingo that into this as well. However, I want to go straight to John Jones. What did he say about John Jones? I'll tell you what he said about John Jones. In my opinion, I would never take the risk of headlining a show with John Jones again. John Jones will never ha- headline <laughs> another pay-per-view event. I can't trust him. Oh, what's happening at UFC 214, Nicky boy? July 29th in... What's happening? In the Honda Center in California. Man? John Jones fights for the title, oh. headlining a pay-per-view. Bullshit bingo. There you go. Tick him off. Tick him off. You're on for a full house in a minute. On for a full house. And just the, the best one, the best one of the lot, without any shadow of a doubt. You ready for this? It's got to be Connor related. Here we go. Connor Here is the best one. This is what Dana White said about Mayweather McGregor. He's not fighting Floyd Mayweather. He's not fighting Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather isn't going to fight him, man. It's, it's just, 
It's never going to happen. Listen. House! House! <laughs> House, I've won! Bullshit. There you go. Bullshit <laughs> bingo. Never going to happen. Never going to happen. Mate, they bloody booked the venue. It's on. <laughs> Do not trust Dana. What, anything, right? Fair enough. I know he's playing the game. And some of it might be to antagonise certain situations. Yeah. But money talks, man. Exactly. Money talks. This man's mind can be changed by a few quid. It is. And when you say money talks, for the second two examples, they're exactly, exactly. Money talks. John Jones is back. Everyone knows he's the best fighter on the planet, the best natural talent this sport has ever seen. So, of course, he's going to fucking headline the next pay-per-view. But when Dana gets asked about John Jones the morning after he's fucking knocked over a pregnant woman in the hit and run and is juiced up to the eyeball, coked up to the eyeballs and carrying a fucking bong full of weed... What you expect him to say, but he will never appear in a pay-per-view headliner again. I get that. Second one. Oh, shit! Second one, Mayweather-McGregor. Obviously, early door conversations. Someone asked Dana, he goes, absolutely fucking no chances our superstar going there. Bullshit! Until the superstar goes, starts going, well, I'll tell you what, maybe I'll apply for the Muhammad, I mean, boxing license, the Muhammad Ali Act, and then I'll get you on a contract. And suddenly the UFC have to go to the table and help him negotiate that deal. Do, do you know, uh, on that I get them, they're driven by money. But the DJ one... The, the, the threat, if it's true, it's DJ that told us, Dana hasn't stood up, but DJ told us Dana has threatened to shut down the flyweight division. If he doesn't fight TJ. I get that, because the flyweight division isn't worth any money. Mm. Nobody watches it, no one gives a fuck about it, no one cares. DJ's about to break the record, but really does anyone care about it? Because look at who he's beat compared to the old record holder. Mm. Mm. I don't know. This For me, the flyweight thing is legit. Mm. and it, To be honest, as a fan, I'd be dis- I think I'd be disappointed. Mm. Would I be devastated? Of course I wouldn't. If they went, listen, we're getting rid of the flyweights, boys, but we're introducing a cruiserweight or we're introducing a super welterweight division, I'd be over the moon. I'd, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, because there's better fights to be made in them weight divisions than watching DJ knock out all these same flyweights over and over. Uh, Dana has said that his mind was changed on Mayweather uh, McGregor. Money, money, money. Having run into uh, 50 Cent and had a conversation with him. Listen, mate, right? I think that's bullshit as well, yeah. right? You, th- that didn't happen. Do you know something, Dana? You're turning into Paul Nuttall from UKIP, mate, <laughs> making all this shit up. Did you used to play for Liverpool as well, Sunshine? You used to have a professional football contract. In fact, I've never seen Paul Nuttall and Dana White in the same room. They've got a little bit of a look about each other. Oh, that's They've got a little bit of a look, haven't they? You take your glasses off Paul Nuttall and he looks a bit like Dana. Shave that beard off. Dana, come on. Straight talking, man. Stop bullshitting us. <laughs> this is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Before we finish uh, today's show, I just want to have a quick touch upon uh, Bellator. I know this is uh, a UFC um, programme, but every now and again, uh, something quite juicy happens in the world of Bellator, especially when it's around British fighters. And I love the little video that MVP, Michael Venom Page, has whacked up on his social media. Basically saying that he got a phone call from uh, Bellator saying, do you fancy it? London, we're going to go back to London in September, mate, for you and Paul Daly. Do you want to do it? Michael Venom Page just started doing his little Pokemon dance, hasn't he? Started getting all excited, dreaming about flying knees. That's what he's dreaming of. Next thing you know, Paul Daly's been interviewed and said, oh, no, I, 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 won't, I won't be fighting in September. Paul, what the fuck are you doing? You got out of the cage against Rory McDonald and called him out. Yeah. You went for him. You can't turn the fight down now, mate. No. You can't gob off and then walk away. Yep. What are you doing? It's not good, is it? It's not good at all. And to be honest with you, I thought Paul Daly would walk over broken glass for that fight. I was so surprised when I seen him. But what else does he do now? He's had Rory McDonald. What else does he do now? Exactly. He's got to beat an up-and-comer now. He's got to kind of go back down the food chain. And for me, you know, Daly starts that fighter's favourites because 
MVPs never ever fought anyone at the same level as Paul Daly's fought at. So it surprised me that like it shocked me that he that he was knocking that fight back, especially after as you say he went for him at, at ringside for the last fight. It was crazy, mm. bonkers stuff. But good news over at Bellator as well. You've seen they've signed Mike Goldberg now and commentators uh, Mauro and Ronaldo as well. Two of my favourites. Ronaldo's fucking brilliant. I'm mm. a huge fan of Mauro. I've known him for a long time and Goldie, of course, would just be nice. But isn't it going to be weird? Watching that U- Bellator Very. New York City event now, yeah, with his commentary. I think Frank Mir still does some commentary stuff for Bellator as mm. well. And don't uh, get me wrong, the UFC new commentary idea with three in the booth, I think he's working really, really yeah, well. Me too. I like it. Yeah, but yeah. there's going to be a lot of nostalgia. Well, that's what I mean. It's familiarity, isn't it? You get that familiarity of Goldberg shouting away. Yeah, uh, he's good, and, and like you said, but that, it's familiar. That- well, it's I, familiar. There I, wasn't there wasn't overwhelming international outrage from fans when Goldie got caught. Let's be totally honest. No, you know he's not the most clued up commentator. Mate, of all it's like time. getting rid of John Motson on match it there. You can't happen. Yes, it's, we know he's shit now. We know he's gone. We know we know it's not happening no more. But <laughs> if he's not there, at least one game, even if it's Stoke on a shitty Tuesday that's night. True, yeah, he's an icon. He's got to be there, hasn't he? Yeah, there you exactly. Go. And that's obviously why Bellator have threw uh, have threw this opportunity for Goldie. But mate, it's good. You know, at the end of the day. There's nothing wrong with being the second best promotion in the world behind the UFC. And to do that, you have to pick up UFC's laden, you know, waste. Then fair enough. Mm. You know, it's 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 one way to build a brand. And, mm. you know, and the great thing is if Bellator come back to the UK, at least they're doing something that the UFC fucking aren't. And that's the moment. And that's committing to this, the fight fans in this country. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I've no doubt Scott Cooker will actually be uh, in Singapore at the weekend, signing people as they leave the octagon. So, expect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He'll be at the airport. <laughs> Raphael, come here, son. Well, to wait, it's not for you, lad. I've got a lightweight division in Bellator here. Just yeah. sign there. Holly, Holly, come here, kid. Come here. I'm, yeah. I'm going to create a kickboxing division just for you, love. Exactly. Andre, uh, come here, on. lad. Come here. <laughs> Roy Nelson in London. Done. There you go. Sign there. Yeah. It's funny because it's fucking true. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, for listening to our award-winning programme. I know, surprising. It is. It is. We've picked up a trophy. Um, thank you very much for your time today. Much appreciated. You can subscribe to our podcast via our website, fightdisciples.com. We're also on all social medias, at Fight Disciples, uh, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And check this out. Nick has been to the T-shirt printers, and he's decided to to make some T-shirts. Yeah. Now, can I just Badass. point out? Can I just point out here, right? Nick has got um, an illustrious career in writing for and editing elite level magazines. He is not a t-shirt designer, <laughs> right? So what's wrong with the t-shirt? Listen, what has happened here is this. He has spoken to the t-shirt guys. He said we need some fight disciples t-shirts. This is what we need. So the guy who is obviously who does this for a living makes t-shirts has said, "What do you want? Do you want your badge on it and all this type of stuff?" Yeah, we want the logo on it and all this type of stuff. So the guy has come up with a design, right? Now the design looked quite classy. Just a little just a little picture over the pocket area of the t-shirt. Nice white t-shirt just to say hey fight disciples and all this type of stuff Nick's throwing his toys out the pram he goes fuck that get that badge right all over the front <laughs> so he's blown the badge up right all over the front of the t-shirt you can't miss it if, you're, walk, if you're walking down the street now it's like going fucking hell we can see them bad boys coming there's no subtlety about them t-shirts is there I'm telling you listen Reebok don't put a tiny little logo on the corner of the Reebok shorts do they it's fucking blazing all over them with their logo and everything the t-shirts are there. Ta-da! Any Fight Disciples out there fancy a t-shirt, jump on our website now, fightdisciples.com. We have got official t-shirts as worn by the best fighters in the business. I'm going to see Darren Till this week. I'm going to go and train with Darren Till on Friday. Yeah. I'll get Darren in one. We'll put a little thing on social media. So if you want to walk the walk and talk the talk like Darren Till, 
Can I get yourself a Fight Disciples t-shirt? As on? designed by Nick Pete. As there designed by it's, me. It's a new thing. I should know what I should have got. Popping and dropping and plopping yeah, on the back. Done. I should have got that on the back. I know, yeah. That's, Thanks, that, that's the second range. <laughs> that's the Christmas edition. Yeah, exactly. Um, subscribe to our podcast via our website, fightdisciples.com. If you're on um, iTunes, by the way, if you would be so kind as to write us a little five-star review, just so then it increases our popularity in the iTunes chart, that would be very, very helpful. Thank you so much. We will catch you next week. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.